coming to you from high atop our studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 18. In today's show, we'll be talking about what to expect from NAB 2015 and how Tech Move will be at the show. Also, we'll be having a great discussion about DIY projects through the years. I'm Rod Louie, and with me is Keith Moreau. Get ready. It's time for another exciting episode of Tech Move. Let's go. It is Rod Louie and Keith Moreau here on Tech Move. And Keith, you know, I just wanted to just kind of mention that uh, we are on a roll here by putting out so much material all in a very short span of time all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. I think when you when you just light the fire, when there's a little bit of pressure, it really... Um well, you know how that is. Well, you know, I think the way the the new thing is going to be, I think we'll we'll put out a bunch of shows. You know, like what is this? This is going to be our third show now, probably in roughly a month or two, uh, and then well, we'll take more an, like third show in a week. Third, oh, third <laughs> show in a week. Okay, so, so then I'll I'll need another year off after that. So, uh, so folks, don't. <laughs> Don't get too used to this this type of content because I'll tell you what my head's spinning with all this content. <laughs> Holy Toledo! And what episode is this, Rod? I don't know. Who knows what episode <laughs> this is? I don't know. I, I think, you know I what's think... so fantastic? You know, here, here here's one thing. Tech move uh, is so fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. That we I think we're the only podcast that's out there that can uh, be in existence for how long we've been in existence now? Like about. Three years? Oh, almost three years. Almost three, three years. Year, three and, years in about a month. Yes, and only be at episode 18. <laughs> right? I, that, that, that's pretty good. Huh? I, I think that actually there are very, very few episodes that actually are still in existence right. after three years and have only done, I think, only done 18 episodes. I think that's that's our claim to fame. Yeah, that's right. You know, put that on our resume, put that on the... I, I on, feel on like our sponsors I'm, lists. <laughs> I feel like I'm the Francis Ford Coppola of podcasts. You're only going to put out a certain number of movies every so often. Yeah, or or maybe Stanley Kubrick. You know, no that, more movies. I, 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 see, I don't even know who that guy is. He puts so few movies out there. No, I know who he is. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Take it easy. Rod Louie knows exactly who Stan is. Okay. Anyway, hey, uh, you know. Before we uh, continue on with with our next segment here, I just want to touch base on something that I uh, found out very interestingly enough that uh, the one and only Keith Moreau is going to be making a special guest appearance over at this year, and that means 2015, the NAB show. Is that right? Yep. Yep. We're going to Tech Move is actually going to be press. At the NAB show. Well, you know what the funny thing about that is that uh, I was not made aware of this, even though I am part of Tech Move. But I, but, but I, but I, you know what? I, nonetheless, I approve of it anyway. Uh, I was not made aware to me, and I think on the dates that there are, I think I have like I don't know gardening planned, or I got to change my motor oil. I got to do something like that. You'll be out well, there hobnobbing, rubbing shoulders with all the big wigs, and you know me. I'll, I'll you know I'll be changing the trash bags out in the garage. <laughs> what the heck is going on around here? 
Well, aren't we going to do a live uplink to yes. your, wherever you are, your garage, yeah. your <laughs> Which is, backyard? I will work. interview my sanitation department <laughs> while you while you interview some of the latest gadget uh, people that are there representing at NAB. Now, Keith, uh, from what I understand, NAB is happening the week of April the 13th, and we're pretty much right around the corner from that right now. Uh, it, it seems to be a uh, a four day show. Uh, is that are you going to be attending all four days? No, I'm not. I'm actually going on a kind of a short trip. I'm going to be um, as press. We can actually attend the show a little bit earlier. So hopefully there there are going to be some vendors set up. Um, and, and I'm going to I'm going to attend from Saturday. I think it's Saturday the 11th. Let me just check the calendar. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh. So you really are getting a tech moved uh, uh, press pass then? Oh, oh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I have press credentials. Good. We, have, we tech move. We. Well, we're, have tech, we're, we're, have, we're, we're we you and me. Well, really me. Well, well, as, well me in spirit. <laughs> you actually there? Yeah, we have we have press creden- press credentials. We've got free admission to all the parties. Oh. Well, I do. I, I uh, we we. <laughs> you, you know what would be? Right? Would you please take selfies for for me so that I can pretend that I was there too? You know what? Um, I can actually make a little a little cardboard cut out of you. And then uh, and then for our next episode, <laughs> once you get back, I'll talk about how great it was looking at your pictures. <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, well, so so it, it, are you going on the eleventh? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to be arriving in. Yep, going to be arriving in Las Vegas on the eleventh at the world famous Lost Wages, Nevada. Lost Wages. Lost Wages. Yeah, and it's actually a short trip. I'm just going to be there the eleventh, the twelfth, the thirteenth, and part of the fourteenth. Oh, so kind of leaving midday Tuesday, uh, the fourteenth. Yeah, got a late, late flight, later flight. So probably be there most of the day on Tuesday, but not not for anything after Tuesday late afternoon. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, for one, much better uh, airline prices. So yeah, yeah, not bad. Actually, it's it's pretty easy getting pretty cheap and easy getting to there from SF. So tell me this. To, you know, I don't really know a whole lot about the NAB show. I know that it's something that. You know, it, it, it's the uh, broadcast uh, uh, yearly shows, kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know, what, like a NAM for broadcasters and stuff like that, right? Uh, it's Yeah, it's broadcasters. It's, it's pretty much anything to do with, with visual, video, broadcasting. Uh, there's even, there's a lot of cinematography stuff there. A lot of new cameras and a lot of new camcorders are, are announced there. Um, there's a whole broadcasting part of it uh, but there's also now more of a filmmaking part of it as well oh really so, so not only is it going to be like folks talking about what content they plan on putting on air stuff like that but there is actually some hardware stuff that will be there that i'm sure our friends uh, and uh, subscribers of tech move are going to be very interested in hearing about oh yeah pretty much all the new Especially Canon. Canon seems to wait until NAB to announce a lot of their their new stuff. Sometimes they don't come out with it until a year later, but sometimes they come out with it, uh, you know, within weeks of the show. But uh, yeah, they seem to announce a lot of new things. I'm not sure about Sony. I'm not sure about some of the others, but definitely Canon will be. Um, possibly um, Panasonic will be as well. You know, I I, w- I was kind of reading a little article today about Canon, and I wouldn't be surprised if they introduced their 4K camera to you uh, when you get over there. Yeah, I'm really 
I'm actually very excited about whatever Canon's going to announce. I have, I have a feeling that they're probably going to announce a, a C300 Mark II. So the C300 is their kind of first cinema camcorder um, that they actually came out with specifically for, for videography and not, not for stills. Um, and it was the first one they came out. I think it came out about three years ago. You know, it's a huge splash at the time. Um, great images. Um, you know, people were actually kind of a little bit disappointed with the specs on paper, but when they started, uh, when they actually started using it, it became a super popular camera because it just has a great look without doing much to it. Right out of the right out of the box, it looks great, and it had a built-in codec that was good enough for most broadcasters. So you could you could film something and then just ship that to to a lot of the the major networks and they would accept it oh. for news gathering mm -hmm. and um and also it just looked really good and you could put all these all your your canon all the lenses you were using on your canon dslrs you could also put on the on the, the c300 as well so uh and and, the, and you're hoping that they're gonna introduce uh, this and maybe various other things uh out there when uh when you're at nab yeah, it's it's pretty much. I would be very very shocked if they did not come out with a C three hundred Mark II. It's been such a in such the rumor mill for 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 months that they're going to come out with a C three hundred. And and actually, there's some there's some pretty strong hints about about it as well. They just drastically reduced the price of the old C three hundred. Oh, there you like, go. Yeah, like I think they reduced it by four or five thousand dollars about oh, a week ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's your tall tale sign right there. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much yeah. It's gonna it's probably gonna happen. I don't know um, if they're gonna have it available right away, but I, I think and I think it's probably gonna feature 4K, but I'm not positive about the 4K um, in in camera recording. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if it if it comes out and it has 4K and if it has maybe 10 bit 4K and it has some type of less expensive way of recording that in camera, that's gonna be a super popular camcorder that's going to be just as popular, if not more popular than the C300. Hmm. Um, but a lot of it depends on the price. Well, you know, what do you think the chances are of, you know, Canon introducing numerous 4K capable cameras, uh, you know, maybe during the show? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. They, they, they're not they're not the kind of company that announces a whole lot of things and releases a lot of whole things at once. They're kind of they're kind of uh, almost like a one trick pony. Um, whereas Sony is just releasing something every other month, which is good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, like right. for example, the Sony actually released pretty much a Canon killer a couple months ago called the FS7. They announced it in November of 2014, but they actually started shipping it maybe a couple months ago, and. Um, and it's really it's it's got 4K on board. It's got a pretty good form factor, kind of an ENG form factor. It's got uh, all kinds of features, um, all kinds of great great things. And I think it's like seven thousand dollars or eight thousand wow. dollars. It's pretty inexpensive for what it does. And and uh, so pretty much all the people that were using any of the Canon stuff, even the some of the like the Canon um, uh, the Canon One D which is their 1DC, which is their cinema 4K kind of DSLR camera. People that got that for $15,000, you know, tried to sell those and get the FS7s because it's a real camcorder and it's half the price. So, uh, and a lot of people are very, very happy with that Sony. So I think Canon's feeling the pressure. Yeah. And, and especially with, you know, like 
of course, my favorite, Panasonic, having uh, uh, several. Well, I think they at least have, what, two 4K cameras out there right now. Of course, yeah. they have the GH4, and then there's that uh, that smaller, more uh, uh, compact, I think it's almost like a, a point-and-shoot type of thing, uh, even though it's using, you know, micro four-thirds glass on it. And I, I, the, the model number escapes me right now. But I think it's called the LX100. That might be it. Yeah, I think it's the one that has the. It's kind of the point and shoot with a built-in lens. Yeah. Well, about, well I, no, I think you can actually use your your your. It has interchangeable lens. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which was very attractive to me as far as traveling goes, but um, yeah, that's another that's another subject we'll get on later. Yeah, yeah. It's um yeah. Apparently, a lot of people say that the the that particular camcorder or camera is nearly as good as as the gh4 even for video oh really yeah which is pretty cool that's pretty neat then yeah and and, and probably about what uh it's about eight hundred dollars seven hundred dollars yeah so a lot cheaper than the gh4 yeah yeah those i mean panasonic's definitely definitely um pushing the the barriers with with price price versus yeah, they, performance they, they, they certainly hit a home run with uh, with with all that stuff uh and uh you know it's kind of surprising that canon hasn't uh, uh uh has waited till most likely now before introducing something like that but yeah. i'm sure they're going to make a big splash and everyone will be excited about it so yeah we'll see we'll see it'll be it'll be very interesting if they're like what the price point point is on the c300 mark ii watch it be like fifty thousand dollars or something like that for something. <laughs> I, I think it'll I think it'll be fifteen or less. What a bargain. Yeah. Well but, you you know what? I so so having said that, what would you think? I mean if they said something like fifteen thousand or sub let's let's say sub fifteen thousand, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you have something like the uh A seven S right right that that had that is just a spectacular camera it's great i, I mean i've got, I've got one <laughs> yeah would you th- would you think about this canon thing when when you have something like uh, an a7s or 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 the gh4 which i know you you use uh both you have both and you use yeah. them both for various uh, uh things yeah i definitely still would consider this new C300, even though I have those other two f- 4K capable cameras. Mm-hmm. So okay, so first of all, the A7S is, is is a great still camera and a great video camera on its own. It's really small and it, you can use any, all kinds of lenses, but it's got a lot of disadvantages to it. You got you usually have to put an adapter on it. There's not that many um, native Sony lenses, and the ones that are out there are not that great, and they're not they're really expensive. Um, if you already have a bunch of Canon glass, like I do then you have to use an adapter for either the GH4 or the A7S. And then it, their form factor then becomes less of a, a positive thing. Right, because the lens is so much heavier and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's just big, heavier, it's sticking out. Um, sometimes the adapters don't control it as well as they could. So, um, and, and doesn't it's not really professional in that putting sound on those things requires a lot of extra gear. Mm. It's not just this self-contained thing that you could just plug something into. Um, and and then and then finally to get them either of those cameras the A7S or the GH4 to get them to look as good as the Canon is possible but it's not easy. Oh it's really? Just, so there yeah. is a lot of post production that is required here. 
it's there's there's a lot of pre-production in in setting the cameras up properly the way you want and maybe fiddling them before each shoot depending on what you want a lot more fiddly and and also um, post-production to get them to match either the Canon or other cameras and getting them that that same filmic look right. the thing about Canon is that they just look filmic out of the box yep yep and this, the, and, this is true yeah and the GH4 love it great amazing camera the amount of features on that camera is is incredible for for its price like you can it has all these curves and all these things you can do with it um, that that really help videographers but the ultimate test is how does it look right when you when you when you finally film something and you look at it and it look it doesn't look as filmic as the canon no matter what you do it's not quite it's more videoish and it's not quite as filmic huh unfortunately it's so I've played with the the I have the G4 for over a year. It's great for events and things where you, all you want to do is capture it and have it high high quality and high resolution. But if you really want to get that that kind of narrative, dreamy, really appealing look out of something, it's really not that easy to get it out of the GH4. Can be done. A lot of work to get there. Yeah, a lot of work to get there. Mm-hmm. Part of it's probably because the sensor's smaller. Yeah. Part of it's just the electronics and in the in the Panasonics are just not the same. You know, uh, I'm actually a little bit surprised that you're not uh, saying that. Oh, the thing that's wrong with G for like everyone else is oh, it's the low light. Low light is oh. terrible. <laughs> and you know, we all know that it's micro four thirds, right? It's uh, you know, y- y- sensor size going to be small. You're just not going to get. It. But that's why you compensate with getting the A7S, right? Right, that's why you get some some super low light monster like the A7S. But again, has its issues. Really, not the greatest UI to set things up. Not the greatest. I mean, even even the the video recording button is 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 bad. It's got this little in, indented button that you can hardly ever press or even find it on the camera when you want to press it on and off. Seriously, it's ergonomically like, it, not great, huh? Yeah, and you can't even change it to another button. You know, like with the, with all the other cameras, you can change where the video record button is on to any of the buttons on the camera. Usually, right, make it uh, like a its like own specialized key key, like like the menu, like the select button in the middle of the the joystick yeah, thing, right? Or or maybe the shutter button could start it, or a bunch of buttons that are big and obvious. For some reason, with the A seven S, I don't know why. Maybe they didn't want people to accidentally hit record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they made it really really hard. You actually record something. <laughs> Actually, you know what I did was I took a little piece of uh, of tape, of that really thick tape that you use to mount big, heavy things on exterior walls. Like almost, so, oh. So it's like a thick 16th of an inch thick tape, and it's self-sticky. It's really super heavy duty. And I cut a little, little small, little quarter-inch circular thing, and I and I stuck it to the button on the on the Sony, because so I could actually hit it when I wanted to. So you know where it is. Yeah, so it's sticking out. So there's something you can feel instead of just like imagine doing this in the dark, yeah. not being able to find it. So I mean, people have even gone so far as creating like three hundred dollar handles that have a little remote like wire going into the remote. Oh and, my! And, yeah, because they have this kind of dumb record button. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that, that, now that's DIYing, right? That's our favorite DIY. That's our favorite. Yeah. yeah, but I'd rather not waste too much time on trying to get things so i know that when canon comes out with something it's going to probably be ergonomically great it's going to have a great menu and it's probably going to look really good out of the box right right so so it's it's some kind of appealing 
Yeah. Because every time I use my C100, even though it's like two years old now, I love it. It's so easy to use. It always reliably gives me a great image. It's ergonomic, in my opinion. It's not too heavy. Um, it's got everything I need on it. And, uh, and recently, actually, I got an Aton Atomus um, Ninja Star. Have you heard of those? No. I only know that as the weapons that I use uh, <laughs> when I'm uh, scouting my victims out at nighttime. But, oops, I wasn't supposed to say that on mic. Sorry. So. Uh, well, anyway, um, you know how you can, they have, uh, Atomus makes uh, these, um, most of them have screens, but they also have uh, recording capabilities. So you plug an HDMI from your, uh, for the output of your camcorder into this recorder, and you can record higher quality video then the recorder can can actually record internally. Oh. So a lot of a lot of um, camcorders record a pretty low quality video comparatively. So for example, the like the GH4 or not not really uh, not really the A7S, but but some of the earlier camcorders, including the C100, they only record AVC HD. So the pretty low bit rate video, right? Like 24 megabits per second for normal video. Um, if you take the HDMI out clean and put it into uh, something like this Ninja Star, which is actually a screenless record, it's very, very small, very small and light, attach it to your camera somehow, take the HDMI in, you can actually record 422 uh, ProRes on oh. it. So, yeah, so it's it's much higher quality video that you can do much more with in post-production. Nice. Yeah. So I got one of those, and it's cool, and it's very small. It's hardly makes the camera any bigger now actually now i have kind of what's the equivalent of a c300 because that's one of the few differences between the c100 and the c300 is the internal recording codec oh cool yeah right, right yeah right so but but wouldn't it be great to have a 4k camera where you didn't have to attach an external right. recorder right well which is what uh uh kind of the gh4 wanted to to be right and in many ways it, it it is there but it's just like you said it's it's the image that that you know somebody's looking for you either have it or you don't yeah ultimately it's the image and and that's that's really the deciding factor and i think that's why canon has been so in a way slow to compete with panasonic or sony because they know they've got the image right it's irrefutable it's it's like yeah, you don't have to fiddle with it, and you get this amazing image. So, right, show me another camera that has that. Exactly, <laughs> that's true. That that you won't have to spend days trying to get that same image. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Post production. Uh, okay. B besides that, what else besides this? Gr you know, possible Canon announcement that they're going to make. What else are you looking at uh, to to maybe see at NAB when when you, when you're there? I'm going to be looking uh, quite a bit, I think, at lighting technology. I think in the last year or so, LEDs have made just a quantum leap in quality. I think they were kind of hovering at a kind of bad quality for a while. Yeah. Not not bad, but but not not as good as in 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 uh, color quality as other type of lighting. Right. Uh, especially for the lower cost stuff. I think the lower cost no stuff now actually is getting way better. They're using higher quality LEDs that have a more pure spectrum instead of having weird, spiky, uneven spectrums. Um, and so that actually shows when you're using an LED light that doesn't have a very good spec uh, even spectral output. Mm -hmm. you, you can definitely notice like kind of ugly skin tones and other things that are just off. Now, nowadays, you're getting more of a, a pure light out of these LEDs, and 
they're getting less expensive. So I'm going to definitely look into that as well. Nice. Oh, yeah. oh that, that's good. that will be very interesting, you know, because I, you know, you and I for, uh, of course, you probably years back now, um, me, maybe a year or so, I, you know, you get those little, what is it, like five inch, no, maybe about six to seven inch LED top mount uh you know, little lights and stuff like that. Hey, mm-hmm. they work. They work really great. But I'm sure they're just so much better now. They probably look much more natural. The whole yeah, thing. I th- yeah, I think, and also they're the the lights are getting more powerful, more efficient, and and they have better diffusion. Uh, yes, capabilities like some of them are edge lit, and there's a there's a, in fact there's one I can just came out with a a line of fairly inexpensive lights that are very evenly lit. You don't see the little individual LEDs. Because I think they're they're lighting from around the edge of a ring and then pointing towards the middle, kind of like a like a like a computer monitor does. So um, yeah, so I think we're going to see a lot of nice lighting, which I'm going to talk to hopefully talk to a few of the manufacturers. Great, yeah. I I recommend Keith that you bring <laughs> your uh, your portable recorder and oh, uh, you do, oh, yeah. do some on the spot uh, reporting. Um, we're going to put you, you know, here, uh, those of us here at tech move that have the ability to, to make decisions on things. I'm sending you out on assignment, Keith, <laughs> and I'm uh, letting our listeners know that, uh, Keith will be visiting your, um, your kiosks and he'll be grilling you, uh, for information on behalf of tech move and, and, uh, and on behalf of Rod Louie, right? Especially Rod Louie. <laughs> Um, Rod Louie would like to ask he, he, you. He wants to know this. <laughs> Rod Louie would like to know why your stuff is so darn expensive. Right. <laughs> and can I have the plans so I can make it myself? Can I have your 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 trademark plans, and that I can and me and my brother in law can make it in his garage? Can you do that? That'll be the first question on my list. I would really like you to, to bring your recorder and, uh, you know, maybe get some sound bi- sound bites. So that, oh, actually, uh, no, I'm planning to bring an iPad and actually record some video and, and audio as well. Yeah, I'm going to see. I'm going to think of how I can record the audio on the iPad. I'm thinking maybe attaching a little wireless mic to it, but I'm also thinking maybe... I think that'll be, turn out terrible, but yeah. go ahead and do it anyway. No, no, I, I was thinking about probably the, the wire, like the, the RF... Uh, saturation at that show is going to be crazy, so uh, probably wouldn't work. <laughs> probably just you'll, be you'll be complete. recording. We'll be picking up some other <laughs> some other dumb conversation. Great scoops from other from other news people, but uh, we only have caramel. <laughs> that's that's what they're going to. Oh, yeah, you're, you're going to pick that up from the from, from the from the, the, from the concession vendors. stand next to you. <laughs> Yeah, so I was thinking maybe of just uh, having a separate recorder and then syncing it later. Why or not yeah. take the GH4 for Crimey's sake? Really? Why Instead not? of the iPad? Well, I mean, like, sure, that's light, but, uh, you know, you'll be so much more impressive when you walk around with your GH4 rig. Just to, oh, like, with the, the big GH4 shoulder rig with, with the stabilizer. Bring the shoulder and- rig, <laughs> stabilizer, bring the whole thing. You know? Well, I'll, thing. yeah. Think about I'll, it. Think I'll take that it. under consideration. And I'm only doing that to punish you because I'm not going. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep you up to date. Where, 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 where's it going to be at? Where, 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 where's it going to be in, in, in Vegas? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, you're, you're just going to walk around to different hotels and say, is there any beer? 
Isn't that how it works? Yeah, that's usually how it works. <laughs> no, actually, I think it's at the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is a pretty Ooh, huge place. An actual convention center. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm going to be staying at the the uh, Mandarin. You know about that one? Uh, the The Mandarin. The Mandarin Hotel. Not the Mandalay. No, I think it's called the Mandarin. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, that. Yeah, I think it's a new one. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be nice. But anyway, yeah, I'm staying there. But I think it's... They're of course, all... under your alias of Fred Flintstone, you'll be... <laughs> and I'll be wearing it disguised so all the tech yes. stalkers can't <laughs> find me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, I'll probably have a big Tech Move t-shirt on with your name on it. So. <laughs> uh, you should put my face on the shirt. And that way, you know, you could introduce yourself as Keith Moreau as one half. And here's my partner here on my chest. Well, I will be carrying around the cardboard cut of you. So <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I'll even let you know what? Here's a better idea. I'll let you take my hack GH1 with you. Ooh. That, that, no. That, that, that's the trick. I'll that, let you take my hack GH1. <laughs> you could use that to record. Well, you will definitely be there in spirit. I I know. Well, I, you know, I I I'm hoping that you are going to have a wonderful time. I am excited to hear about uh, things that you see and uh, and things that uh, are being announced, and that we will expect a full report uh, when you get back, and we'll record a, a nice little episode about what you saw, and um, of course, by that time, it will uh, two. NAB shows will have passed by that time, but nonetheless, uh, we'll, we'll 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 use it as a best of for a, for a show or something. Like that. So, uh, I think that's fantastic. Well, yeah. you know, ha- ha- have a great time. You know what I'm going to be re- really interested in too is to see. Uh, uh, are, are you going to? Do you think uh, our our friend uh, Eric Kessler is going to be there? I'm pretty sure he's going to be there. I'm or at least gonna... maybe at least maybe his people are going to be there, right? He usually goes, so I'm pretty sure he's going to go. Yeah, but I, I'll be sending him a note to see maybe we can meet, and I, I can do a little interview with him there too. That would be great was, because he's just on the show. Yeah, because folks remember that uh, in in our last episode we had a fantastic conversation uh, with Eric Kessler of Kessler, and uh, he he was so gracious to spend all that time with us uh, that I hope Keith, you're able to see him, say hello. And um, maybe get a free soda out of him when he sees you next. So, and and I will be asking him the question. Rod Louie of TechMove wants to know why is your stuff so expensive? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and could I please have the plans? That's that's, that's a good. See, so you you're learning. You've you've got the drill down. That's good. That's very good. You'll 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 be my man on the street for Rod Louie. This is Keith Moreau. Actually, speaking of Eric Kessler, one of the reasons we recorded Eric Kessler was we actually were going on this DIY theme, yep. and we recorded a DIY, a kind of a DIY segment a while back, and we haven't had a chance to actually put it into an episode until now. And we and and yeah, and we definitely are, and you know what's funny, folks, is that it's actually still very relevant. Why I'm still using that same DIY stuff. <laughs> So it's very relevant. I've changed nothing since the time we recorded that. Nothing. Everything is exactly the same. So what I'm telling you from however long it was ago that we recorded the thing, still relevant today, ladies and gentlemen. That's what, that's the beauty about Tech Move. You know, we, we keep our stuff current. I'm telling you right now. It's timeless. Time- Tech Move is timeless. 
That's what it is exactly. It's like, a, like a fine wine. It's like the organ grinder with the monkey. <laughs> do, 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 do. Anyway. Timeless. Well, uh, Keith, have a have a wonderful time. Thank you. And uh, we, we are going to uh, take a quick break. And uh, we will come back with a whole lot more of this stuff we call Tech Move. We'll be right back. I think a great thing about Tech Move is that we kind of go back and forth and revisit some of the uh, old things we've discussed before, uh, only because it's just a natural progression, right, Keith? Of uh, of you know some things that we've done before, we've sent, we found new ways to get uh, to to do a project. Uh, maybe we find out that the old way was better, and we revert back. And I think that that's definitely true when it comes to the world-famous DIY projects. Wouldn't you agree, Keith? I would agree. And I I, I love all the DIY you've talked about uh, in the past. And I know that I'm always talking about all the new pro gear that I'm getting. But I do have a, a very proud history of DIY myself. <laughs> oh, oh, I, you know, and I know, th- and I know this from firsthand experience because I know that uh, you know you would always try uh, to to try and you know fashion something out of a you know old shoe box or an old uh, planter box or something like that to use as some sort of medical device, and uh, you know, and hey, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, you know, and uh, you know, which led me, of course, to want to do the same thing and uh you know of course my tin cans and string and uh scotch tape have uh at times worked sometimes not and uh and i think it's time that we kind of uh you know revisit our our favorite subject of diy projects and really explore things that you've done in the past i mean people have heard my things at nauseam and uh of course i'll i'll continue to throw in uh my two cents here uh during this discussion but uh, Keith, you know, let's let's hear about some of the things that maybe you've tried to tackle before. Well, uh, <laughs> before I got my first uh, Steadicam Merlin, which which actually is it's it actually came out not that long ago. I mean, I think the first Merlin came out in maybe two thousand six. And right. so, I mean, well, maybe that's a long time ago for some people, but for me, it's... Well, it also depends on how, uh, w- when our listeners are listening to this podcast. <laughs> that's true. If they're listening to 2030, hey, that's quite a while ago. Maybe you should get something new, Keith. But. Well, um, and you know, any back then, I mean, nowadays you can get a, a Steadicam knockoff for like five bucks, you know, on Amazon or eBay, but, you know, or, or like a hundred bucks. But back then... Uh, they were actually pretty rare. I mean, they were they were still up in the thousands of dollars uh, range. And even the first Merlin, which is one of the cheapest, pretty good uh, Steadicams, was like eight or nine hundred dollars. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I decided, well, I'm going to just see if a Steadicam will actually, if I can maybe make a Steadicam. So I had this brilliant idea <laughs> to um, create a um, 
I guess, I guess, well, I mean, what a steady cam basically is it's the camera's on top and there's a little gimbal or bearing in the middle between the camera and then there's some weights at the bottom. So, <laughs> so I yeah. had this brilliant idea of putting together, of course, you know, back then I don't, I don't think there were a lot of DIY steady cam things like on the internet. You know, I think I probably looked up a couple and, and didn't really f- have too much success. Now there's, you know, 3,000. You know, different seventeen-year-old kids that have made their own steady cams out of <laughs> various things. I think right. you actually mentioned you had had, had the, what was it, Mister Mister Lee, Lee. Mister. In, in fact, I'm I'm <laughs> going to give my man uh, uh, some props here. It's the great Johnny Chung Lee, <laughs> and uh, he uh, developed the fourteen-dollar camera stable uh, st- camera stabilizer, uh, which for me. uh, consisted of three metal pipes with a 10-pound weight, (laughs) uh, a dumbbell weight uh, attached to the bottom. And uh, so uh, the Steadicam weighs about 10,000 pounds, uh, (laughs) and it's steady only because nobody can lift it, and so it stays stationary uh, uh, in one place. But actually, no, I, I, I shouldn't speak like that because... Johnny Lee uh, came up with this great thing, and it actually did kind of work. I did use it at a friend's wedding, and uh, it was certainly better than my Parkinson's arm uh, that I had, uh, but uh, it's so darn big. If if you drop the camera, your toes would just be crushed. So, Yeah, I think maybe, maybe at about that time, there were some things about, uh, you know, like big, heavy things with big bases. I think I actually did something like that with just an old uh, mic stand. You know, those those mic stands, remember how they used to, well, I think even new ones have oh, yeah. those those very heavy circular metal bases. They're kind of like, like barbell weights. Right. Uh, th- th- they were almost like what people still use essentially for patio umbrellas. Right, right. <laughs> and there were these, these heavy compact things. And I think yep. my, my first Steadicam, before I even tried my gimbal, DIY was was just mounting a camera to the top of a mic stand and then holding it, <laughs> holding the mic stand <laughs> and running around. Probably similar to your Mr. Lee's. I, I, it, it, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess I couldn't stand the embarrassment of just running around with a mic stand and a camera on top. So. Uh, what <laughs> I, I mean ditched, like ditch that <laughs> when i'm using mr lee's thing with my three metal pipes and 10 pound weight with a with a what looks like a you know uh a, a dslr camera mounted on top what the heck is it would be we should call security and get this guy out of my reception who is this guy well um anyway i decided well i had a, a little man frodo um very small uh, ball head and I figured what I would do is I would mount um, the the weights to the to the to the bottom uh, the weights and the handle to the bottom of this. Uh, if you can imagine, like a ball head, and yep. if you just loosen it up completely, it's just kind of rolls around. Yep. <clears throat> and the part that you normally put your camera on the top part, I, I inverted that and I made that the bottom part, and I and then I attached that to a bunch of essentially a bunch of PVC. Um, uh, connectors and <laughs> and that was kind of my my counterweight thing. 
And um, and that actually sounds pretty good. That yeah. actually doesn't sound. Oh, but weren't you afraid of that little ball either separating <laughs> from the actual base of the thing? No, it's pretty much held in there. It's pretty solid. Okay. Uh, and it acted kind of as a as a gimbal. And then at the yeah. bottom, I had a PVC pipe, and to weight it down, I actually just um, put. I think I put some sand in the in in a large PVC pipe, like a one or two inch pipe that was the last fitting in the weight system. Right. So I had this really stupid thing that you know pretty much like looked like I was about to do some plumbing work, and <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it was it was really heavy and unwieldy. So then I mount I actually mounted that to this thing that I this professional rig that I bought before, uh, gigantic shoulder rig called the DV Rig Pro, which I think I've talked about in the past, and I still have it. Uh, it's, and it because I couldn't hold this thing, which weighed about probably about 10 pounds um, for very long just by holding my arms out. And then, <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, on top of the gimbal thing, I then, I then put the, uh, put, I put the uh, camera, the camcorder on there. And I promptly <laughs> decided to just go all around with my really funny looking steady cam <laughs> rig thing. And, this is cool, um, but uh, it was exhausting. I think I climbed a mountain and and uh, <laughs> put this thing on me, <laughs> you know, preventing uh, tripping over rocks and probably right. fell down a few times. But uh, anyway, at the end of the day, I realized that there was no way that I would ever use this thing again. <laughs> right. It had, it had right. made in voyage and that was it. <laughs> right. 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 But, and I looked you, at the- you live and learn, really. You live and learn. <laughs> uh, it, it kind of did work, but it was totally impractical. It was huge. Yeah. It was unwieldy. It was ugly. It was not really that great. I looked at the footage later. It was okay. It was better than handholding, but yeah, that, that, that's how I felt about Mr. <laughs> Lee's stabilizer. <laughs> Yeah. So soon after that, I just decided to, to plunk down the eight hundred bucks and got the got the Merlin, and I still have it, and it still works great. So that's an example of a DIY, and, and I I think sometimes my DIYs are are kind of an inexpensive way to try out something before actually getting. That's what I found with, that I do over the years. I I, I kind of do a cheap version myself, see if it actually will work for me, and then quickly realized that my DIY version is terrible and I want to get the pro version. So right. basically I just waste all this money on the DIY and then buy the pro version. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. No, but you know what? And you know what's, and we've talked about this too. Remember my, uh, okay. So I went from my Mr. Lee stabilizer to the Optica, uh-huh. uh, uh, stabilizer. Right. Um, you know, frankly, I, I'm not sure which one's better. <laughs> my fourteen dollar uh, Mr. Leak stabilizer, or the uh, the Optica, which was only how much did we pay fifty, sixty bucks for it, or something like that? Yeah, something really cheap and stuff like that. But you know, uh, uh, a lot of these things, even though they're you know some of them are professionally made or what whatever, sometimes they don't perform quite as great either. And I I, I guess it just depends, uh, you know. On, on everybody's usage what you know what they hope to get out of it and uh and just knowing the limitations of of what you've got yeah i think 
sometimes you get what you pay for. I mean, sometimes you could definitely save save some money by doing DIY and and also just have the fun of doing it. If you if you like to mess with stuff and build stuff yourself, then a lot that's some of the fun in itself. Right. Um, and some things you just you kind of have to do DIY because they're just not available. You know, you can't. You could buy something, but it would be really expensive because there's so few made that the people that make them are charging a premium because they're just custom-made things. So do you want to spend your own time producing something that's okay, or do you want to spend a lot of money on some expert's time to make something custom? And that's sometimes that's what I wind up doing. Like, here's an example. I I wanted to make, and this is back, you know, maybe 2007 or so, um, I wanted to do some time lapses outside, and so I wanted to basically put a still camera with a intervolometer, which is a way of triggering the camera every second or whatever you want to set it. And I have a bunch of different intervolometers I've gotten over the years. Um, basically, just triggers a still camera shutter, you know, every five seconds or five minutes or whatever you want to do. And I right. wanted to have these things outside, and you know, exposed to the the weather and everything for you know potentially overnight or days or whatever. Right. And and there there really wasn't you can't just go out and buy you know a box to do that. I mean you can, but they're really expensive. There's people that specialize in it, and they're really they're professionals and they have, their boxes are excellent, but they cost like three thousand bucks. Right. So um, so I decided okay I'm gonna I'm gonna make a like a weatherproof time lapse box. So that was another actually somewhat successful DIY project. That that box is something I still use to this day. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and basically what it was, was a, um, it was basically a large kind of rectangular bin. Not too large. It was maybe like a foot by a foot and a half mm-hmm. uh, and about a foot deep. Uh, you know, those, you know, those bins that you have, um, you, you just basically, they're, they're like stow bins, those clear plastic ones that you put yep. in the garage. So sure. I, so I got one of those. And I, I cut a hole in the front of it <laughs> so that to, to point the camera up. And then the camera's recessed way back. Okay. And then inside there, I, I put uh, one of my favorite Manfrotto ball heads inside there. Right. But I made some clamps out of various lumber parts for um, clamping down a, a car battery. Or actually, a motorcycle battery. Uh, t- basically, a 12-volt motorcycle battery. Um, and there, you can buy rechargeable ones or, or lead acid ones. I think I got a lead acid one and just, you know, they're, they're pretty good cause you can charge them up. They're meant to be discharged and then you can recharge them again and they last a long time. So I got one of those, um, and, and, uh, you know, various other things, you know, like spaces for the intervolometers. And then I put, and I got this, I bought this pretty bad tripod with very small legs on eBay. I think the tripod probably cost less than 20 bucks. Right. And I actually took it all apart and then used, put in conduit fittings into the bottom of this uh, thing. I basically made a little plywood um, platform for everything to be on uh, at the bottom. And then I, and I drilled holes for these conduit fittings and then I stuck the tripod legs through them. So, and then kind of at an angle. So they would, it would spread out a little bit and be a little bit stable. And I had three of them, two in the front and one in the back. I'm going to guess this was kind of like low center of gravity too. Uh, well, yeah, I would I would try to keep it low on the ground, but sometimes I'd have to elevate it above bushes or wherever I have oh, okay. to be. Right. So imagine right. imagine kind of like a tripod, a very flimsy thin tripod. Sure. Um, sure. And the top of it is this box, 
this kind okay. of like a little bit like two shoe boxes high thing. Okay. And uh, and then I uh, and then I would and, and then and then I was able to actually use these tripod legs because they had little extensions, you know, telescoping extensions to kind of get it to the right height and then put it in a sp- certain spot. And I could just leave it uh, leave it in a spot, you know, usually under cover so nobody could see it for days. Um, I actually painted the box kind of a camouflage green because usually I'll put it in foliage or something. Right. And just have it there. And it was great. It was, it worked really well. And in fact, it worked so well that one time I had it up there uh, on a mountain. I was doing time lapses of this mountain and um, I couldn't find it when I went back to find it. <laughs> really? I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just searching and searching. Oh, and it's like, great. <laughs> Somebody took my box. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> you know, that's and great. it's not, I mean, I had a, I usually put in the least expensive camera that would give me good enough quality. So it wasn't that big of a deal. And I right. like five of these old Nikon Coolpix camcorder cameras, actually, still cameras. And, uh, and then, like about a week later, I was just walking around. I wasn't looking for it. I'd already given up on it, and I was just and I and I saw this shape, and my <laughs> my my box was there, sitting in the same place I had left it like a week ago. <laughs> I was just looking in the wrong place. Oh, that's so great! Yeah. So, uh, and, and then later I looked at the footage, and it was like you know, night day night day. <laughs> Finally, the battery runs out. I, I, did it look good though? It actually looked okay. It actually yeah. looked okay. The only the only thing that was bad was I think because um, I had had it out there so long and it and it had been recording so long that it it had actually had I think the sun had burned a little bit into the LCD of the camcorder oh, over okay. time. It just had gone in the same spot too many times. Right. And uh, and for too long of a period of time. I and, think so. But yeah. but. Other than, but I had like three or four of these cameras, so it wasn't like that big of a deal. They're almost disposable. Right. But yeah, it actually was pretty good. It was pretty good footage. I think like on the third day there was a storm or something, and it kind of knocked knocked over the the box a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, it, it, you know, you bring to mind something very very interesting when it comes to DIY projects. DIY projects, I think, are mostly things, and I'll be frank about this. Uh, are you, things that we never want to show paying customers or customers <laughs> that we have respect for things that we've done there. I think that they're perfectly serviceable uh, items and they're, you know, and they can oftentimes do the job, right? Mr. Lee's stabilizer, uh, your, uh, you know, your uh, JC Penny shoe box, uh, uh, protective cover, uh, you know, these types of things are perfectly good for like these things that where nobody's really going to see how you do that shot. Uh, but the things where it's going to be, you know, where we're going to be using it in a crowd, we're going to be using it on a gig, I'm guessing it would give our customers great pause if I brought out my, uh, you know, my MacGyver-fashioned... Uh, lighting stand that I made out of an old ladder that I uh, soldered together with candle wax. <laughs> Would that be correct? I think I think that's a fair thing to say. Would it not? <laughs> 
I think you have to if you're doing doing DIY and you're and you're and you bring this DIY stuff in front of paying customers, right. your DIY better look pretty good. Right. The, and yes, I, and I, there, I agree. There's a couple of DIY things that I have brought in front of customers, and I haven't been too embarrassed. But yeah, you're right. I don't think you want to be bringing the duct tape and the yeah. solder and and the Home Depot parts and stuff. Like my next thing, <laughs> my, my next steady cam that I'm going to invent is to take my camera and literally duct tape my hand to it. Uh, and, and and so that it will never be released, so I can always capture the moment. Now, would the bride and groom be very pleased to see me with the duct tape camera to my hand, especially when I extend my hand to accept payment or or say hello? I don't know if that would be the the best <laughs> business model. Yeah, uh, you might have to use some designer duct tape. I agree. I go to, agree go to Louis Vuitton, get yes. one of their monogrammed. <laughs> Monogram duct tape for three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, how how about now? Are are you using anything? You know, now that uh, you spend, uh, you know, most of your time, you know, in the in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that you feel? you can use DIY besides, you know, like these time-lapse things and, you know, you know, essentially that's a cover, right? It's, (laughs) it's, it's, uh, you know, but is there anything DIY that, that you're using now, uh, that, that is of great benefit to you or is it still sometimes, you know, best way to go? Just, just buy it and just, uh, just let somebody else figure out, you know, all the ins and outs of it. Uh, for professional use, I, do occasionally use a couple DIY things. Um, I think I talked about the Home Depot, not the Home Depot lights. They're they're these. I think I got them at Costco, and they're basically home security lights that are light activated, but they've got these huge. Uh, I think they're like 500 watt fluorescent bulbs in them, and they're in a nice, nice little um, enclosure. And I just deactivate the the triggering mechanism that that does the motion sensing or the daylight sensing or whatever. So mm-hmm. they're just always on. And uh, I think they were like $8 per enclosure and light. And it's incredible. Like $8 for a 500 watt fluorescent yeah. light yeah. is amazing. And yeah. so I just bought like 10 of them because I thought I can use these for extra lighting things. And I, and the ed, the end of it has a little screw thing on it to attach to conduit. So I just mm-hmm. screwed on some PVC conduit and then, uh, kind of hollowed how hollowed out the conduit to make it fit on a standard stud for light stands. Yeah, and I just use that all the time for extra lighting. And it's kind of like this plastic thing that's doesn't it kind of stands out a little bit, but people don't seem to mind too much. It's not too unprofessional looking. Right, and I use that all the time for lighting up stuff that just extra light that I need. That's uh, nice because they're really bright, and if uh, if they break, it's not like a big deal. They're right. really cheap. Right. And uh, and I have I have actually have two of those in my standard lighting gigantic lighting case that I roll around. I use That's them to nice. light yeah, yeah I use them to light up green screens and stuff that where the light quality isn't that important and I just right. need light. Yeah so, yeah so I I use that and I use a a lot of stuff that's more just fashion from professional parts like I have a lot of adapters and things to adapt from one type of uh, quick release to another type of quick release. 
because sure. I don't want to have to unscrew stuff from my cameras all the time. So I basically standard on almost all my cameras. I standardized on this RC2 type plate, which is kind mm-hmm. of a small, it's like a two by two plate, but I found they're really versatile because they just, they just snap in and you don't have to worry about them. There's a lot of tripods that have that, like the lower end tripods have that uh, type, right. receive that type of plate. But but actually a lot of higher end tripods don't have that plate. They have a different kind of sliding plate. So I will make these adapters with spacers to to uh, put a little distance between this uh, quick release mechanism and a plate. And if you can think about this, a female version of that RC2 uh, connector. So the thing that would be on the tripod, you can buy those separately. And it's got a little um, snapping uh, cam lock on it. So I have a bunch of those. But the problem is there's a little... The cam lock has a lever where it actually goes down below the level of the flat part of the bottom. So mm. you can't you can't just mount it directly onto something. You have to have actually space it off a little bit, like about an eighth of an inch off or three sixteenth of an inch off. So yeah. I just bought a bunch of aluminum... Um, flat bar stock that's that thickness. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cut it up, and I have you know table saws and other types of saws to cut metal. Cut it up, drill some holes in it. Get get longer screws uh, that will go through uh, like a long plate, like a Manfrotto or other types of plates, and go through that. So basically, I have a any kind of plate, any kind of tripod type slider uh, mounting plate to this RC2 plate. And I have a bunch of those. So I That's use, pretty good. Yeah. And then I have this quick release, quick release mechanism so I could take my thing off my shoulder rig, which has the RC2 mount on it, and just snap it onto this uh, sliding plate on a tripod or different tripods. You know, you, you, you remind me uh, about the uh, Optica steady uh, cam that I purchased. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we talked about it uh, during that, particular episode of tech move uh you were somewhat interested in it and i know that you bought your own uh because of the the price point and stuff like that and it was and it was fine and and all this kind of stuff yeah and then i remember you giving us our uh your review which was uh of course glowing (laughs) uh and uh and what you ended up doing was I think taking it apart and using a lot of those parts for different applications, and it, you know, it, it does get one thinking about you know the the true definition of DIY, right? <laughs> is DIY from ground up, or is it tearing apart things that you've purchased to just reuse them for a different purpose? Right, and uh, you know, it, it's it's quite a large umbrella actually, and I think that that's where. Uh, you know, where you do most of your DIY at this particular level uh, uh, of the uh, of, of the career, where, yeah. where you're taking a lot of the stuff that you've had either lying around and, uh, and you know, use it to it, it, within a, a new application now. Right, right. Yeah, I have a lot of parts now from over <laughs> collecting them over <laughs> the years. <laughs> right. I have a lot of a lot of screws and right. a lot of. Plates so, and things. So, and- <laughs> so, so like I, 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 I think it's very safe to say all your equipment is pretty much Frankenstein together. <laughs> There's a lot of Frankensteining, and and even sometimes when I get a professional rig that's supposed to actually work, I will do something to it to make it work better for me. 
Right. And, and, I, and I think, you know, the whole thing with the 15 millimeter rods, you know, that people make all their rigs and shoulder rigs and have different stuff. That's kind of, in a way, kind of DIY. Yeah. It's oh, like I, a, I, oh, I think so, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like an adult Lego set, you know, and you, uh, you know, you have a chance to kind of make your own, uh, your own rig or whatever that might work for you, but it's not, it's not too, uh, it doesn't have like ground, uh, like like your own grinding wheel or file <laughs> marks right. on it. <laughs> you've, le- you've left that up to the professionals, right? So, um, which, which I which I think which I think is really good because it it still adds a little bit of that you know nice finished look to things if you can kind of. That's why I think I think a lot of those uh, those rods that you were talking about is is such a great idea, you know, and that shows a lot of bravery for uh the folks who you know started that whole thing off in the first place to not be afraid to say you know what you can go buy a bunch of these on your own i mean you know we of course we'd like it if you bought it from us but you know hey you could you know go down to the hardware store go buy it yourself and all and you know it would still work and right all this kind of stuff you know because you know as you know the name of the game of business is to sell as many units as you can and uh uh you know diy is what they do not want us to be doing so yeah yeah so um now there were a couple things that that i guess i want to talk about too some other diy things that where i eventually i got a version that worked okay and actually used it professionally for a while but then realized that uh, i probably wanted to get a more professional version of it and what and i think you've made one of these two slider yes sir yeah yes sir so exactly why don't you tell me i don't think you told me about your slider before uh, I didn't tell you about my slider, did I? Uh, okay. Well, just real quickly, the great uh brother-in-law of mine, uh Arnel Delion, uh, I put him uh to task to uh create uh off of uh, a couple of designs that we got off the internet, uh, a uh, a slider, mm-hmm. and uh the the criteria was. I wanted it to be able to be mounted onto an existing tripod that I had, and uh, that the uh, uh, and and then it be able to accommodate a, uh, a a head that I had lying around, and uh, so you know so I could use it. It, it I, I you know of course you'd like the biggest slider that you could, but then with a lot of research I, I discovered that. You know, it really doesn't take that much to get a great shot. So we did a two, I want to say two, two and a half foot uh, slider. And uh, he engineered all these parts from uh, from old metals at his metal shop. So he actually just used parts he had to make the slider. Yep. He didn't buy a pre-made part or anything. He, he, he did not. He did. The only pre-made thing that he bought were uh, essentially... Uh, uh, was it uh, is is it rollerblading? Uh, um, oh yeah, it's not, ro- uh-huh. it's not rollerblading, but it's the smaller ones. Yeah, the it's, skateboard wheels. The skateboard wheels. Uh-huh. Uh For the uh, for the actual truck that right. that goes within the track. Right. Uh, that's the only thing that uh, he couldn't make, or he just didn't want to, because it would have just taken forever. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't blame. I think, I think the the the, the wheels cost us like, I don't know five dollars or something like that <laughs> yeah they're pretty inexpensive they're pretty inexpensive 
Uh, so he had these uh, free parts, and again, two and a half feet, uh, you know, and it it works great. I, I would say this. Here's the thing about DIY is because you, there are so many different things that can and will go on, go wrong with the project. Uh, I, I can't say that the thing moves as smoothly as, you know, from left to right or right to left down the track as you would expect if you were to pay the two, three, four hundred dollars and up, yeah, for for an for a slider that you you know that you buy, but right. for the you know twenty bucks that we spent on this thing, my return on investment is incredible, right? And and you have you have your own personal machinist working for you. I have my own personal yeah. machinist, so no. we can so we can continue to work on this project. Uh, uh, if he doesn't kill me first for being too picky, but uh, nonetheless, you know, I I have my own machinist, and you know, he, he's uh, you know, uh, whatever free time he has, he can dedicate to me, yeah, uh, to do these crazy things. So. Yeah, well, it's really great. The thing is, is though that most people don't have their own personal machinist. Uh, uh, th- this this is very understood, and <laughs> and and I t- and I take that for granted when I kind of flaunt it in front of you. With my nose sticking up in the air, so yeah, I think Arnell would probably have a heart attack if he saw my machine shop. <laughs> he 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 uh he, he's a very organized soul, and uh, I've seen your machine shop, and uh, I, I'm surprised the FBI hasn't been in there. Frankly, uh, well, I want to tell you about um actually a slider that I still have, and I actually don't use it, but I probably could sell it because it's actually not bad. Yeah. So we're talking back in the days before there are all these pretty inexpensive sliders. I mean, really now you can get a slider like on eBay for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, and they're actually right. Not, oh not, yeah, not bad. I mean, they actually will work pretty well. And, and, uh, and let me interrupt. I saw one kid on vacation one time. He had, he had a slider, a totally portable one. Uh huh. And they're so nice. Yeah. You know, they're so nice. They fit in a backpack. You can just, you know, telescope them and all this kind of stuff. I don't know how how he does it smoothly or whatever, but, you know, for the money that he paid, I'm sure it is. It's just terrific, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the cheaper ones are actually pretty small and light. Yeah. So that's kind of a double benefit. But um, before I... um, Yeah, before, before... We're talking maybe five years ago. Uh, maybe six years ago, I was seeing all these great shots on on the internet uh, that were slider shots. You know, you can get this kind of professional look, and you know, everybody now knows what a slider is, probably. But it's basically just a very smooth motion between from one direction to the other, and uh, it's kind of imitating the Hollywood tracking shots, where they have a gigantic dolly that usually is somebody sitting on a on a wheeled thing, and they're on a track, like. Almost As like, a kid, I would have given my left <laughs> toe to either ride one of those or push one of those while filming something. <laughs> I thought those were fantastic looking. Yeah. Um, and that's how they still do it today. It's kind of amazing. I mean, it's pretty old-fashioned. They basically just have a guy who's the camera operator sitting on a, on a, on a essentially like a, almost like a wheelchair, but with all kinds of... Yeah. Um, camera gear on it and then somebody pushing him <laughs> you know I, I you know and all those behind the scenes it looks pretty dangerous though right if you're the camera guy you're relying on a bunch of oafs 
Oh yeah, you know, pushing and stopping in the right time and all this kind of stuff. You know, and all you're doing is looking through the lens of a camera and hoping. I hope this guy stops before <laughs> he hits the re- the end of the cliff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, nowadays they have um, sometimes they have machines doing this. They have these things called techno cranes, which just pretty much do anything. Uh, you know, you can program them for a move. But but I would say ninety percent of those dolly shots are still done that way and yeah you have to you have to have a lot of trust in your co-workers imagine the actors you know when you're doing some kind of stunt oh yeah you know, right. i mean imagine the trust you have to have in as, act, as an oh, actor oh yeah yeah but yeah. um but uh so one of the things that i did was i read up you know of course i was on the all the forums and everything and i read up on people making their own uh sliders but out of something that wasn't really meant to be a slider it was actually purposed for another industry yeah. Um, and there's this company called IGUS, I-G-U-S, and you can look them up. And they make all kinds of, like, automation um, metal. And if you think about it, you know, think about a factory, you know, all the machines and stuff that need to be moving on these tracks to do, like, automated assembly or they all have to be on these precision tracks in order to replicate this movement. And it has to be pretty smooth and they have to be very durable and, and very professional. Well, they make all these different kinds of tracks and all these different kinds of fittings that go over these tracks, kind of enclose the tracks. Mm-hmm. So I read up on the internet about where to buy this stuff and people that made their own and all the problems and solutions and things that they had. And I went ahead and ordered stuff directly from this company, Igus. <laughs> really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I ordered, I think, a four-foot length of uh, track. And then um, these... Um, Basically, there are things that kind of enclose. Imagine the track is like a flat piece of metal with two kind of bulbous around rods on each side. So it's basically two rod, two rods that are connected via metal um, through a plate down the middle, like a four-inch plate with two rods on the, each side of it. Okay, and that's basically an Igus track. It's all made out of perfectly machined aluminum, and then and then there's these other things that essentially envelop these these uh, rods that are in, on each side like three quarters of the way around on each one and then there's fitting there's little screw holes and stuff on the top of these to put to attach other stuff to it and then they sell these plates that attach to these these bearings and so I bought four of these bearings and the plate and four foot of this track and I made my own slider nice yeah I drilled I drilled a a uh, hole in the top of the that plate that that I bought, and and I was able to uh, tap a, a three eighths type uh, camera uh, mount to it, and put on a, ba- a ball head, and had my own slider, and actually used it. And when you had first completed that project and you used it for the first time, did you think it was the greatest thing ever? I thought it was pretty darn cool. I, yeah. I used it. So and you were it, quite satisfied with it then? I was pretty satisfied with it. I, I After using it a little bit, I realized some of the shortcomings of it. It wasn't, it was a little bit sticky. And and the reason that it was actually sticky was that it was actually not designed for such lightweight use. It was actually, the system was designed to have like like 100 pounds of weight on it. Right. It's it's like it's like used for like shipping or something like that, right? <laughs> it, yeah. yeah, it's used for putting some something really heavy on top and having it slide very very smoothly. Right. And with the 10 pounds or less that would be on top of it, it would it would tend to kind of stick a little bit because it needed it needed a little bit of weight to make it um 
make it a little bit more smooth. And this was actually known on the internets and stuff that that it had this problem. And so when you, you used it, you had to really push it down really hard. And and I found that was a little tedious because I had to have a really um, a really steady base to it. You know, I couldn't be pushing it down on something and and have it give. Um, and it became a little bit of an inconvenience. But you know, there's some shots that are like if you look on some of my clients' sites and stuff on the internet, you'll see some shots that I made with that slider. And I brought it in, and you know, I wasn't embarrassed about it or anything. It, the reason <laughs> I wasn't was because it wasn't. I didn't really do much to it. I just drilled a few holes to make it work. Sure, <laughs> sure. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. But then I realized that I probably need to spend, you know, five or six hundred dollars at least on getting a professional slider. Uh, you know, okay, and that's very interesting. Let's keep going with that. Yeah. When you did do that, did you say, you know, geez, you know, you know, this, I mean, okay, this is a little bit better in certain ways and stuff like that, but my, uh, you know, my way going through, I guess, was, uh, was probably just as good. Um, it was good, but I, but I had to put a lot more effort into getting the shot right. You know, I'd have to do like two or three takes where it didn't stick or I pushed it properly. Ah, right. And I, and I realized that was costing me some shots and costing me some efficiency in the field. Right. Um, and, you know, it the IGUS thing was great, but it had its limitations in professionalism. So I just, for my own efficiency, you know, because time is money, you know, and if you could just do one shot or set up very quickly in in and get it done, it's probably worth it to spend a little bit more. That's what I found. Yeah. To spend a little bit more money and get it right. And so when I, I wound up getting a Kessler, um, actually the Philip Bloom pocket dolly was my one of my first. Well, actually I got the Cine slider, which is gigantic. And I actually don't use that as much because it's like five feet long and it's meant for really professional situations. But after that, I got a uh, Philip Bloom pocket dolly, which I love. And, uh, that one is, it's kind of, it's a little bit bigger and heavier, but it's, I can just get the shot right away and it's really smooth and I can put motors on it and stuff if I need to. So I love the DIY. It kind of got me into the, into how to use these things and what was possible. And then I kind of graduated up to the, the pro version because it was just going to save me a little bit of time and, and trouble later. Yeah, you, you, you know, and, and I think that that's where, you know, a lot of these lessons are learned, right? Where <laughs> where it, it is good, you know, like how much are you willing to put up with, you know, maybe having to do a couple of retakes or whatever? Yeah. And, uh, you know, how patient are you uh, to go through that? And, you know, uh, for some of the, for, 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 for some of us, we can take a little bit more time. Uh, for some, we, we just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So... But um, I love doing the DIY. Um, I I find that it's really fun to do, and I find that you can actually get you can you can learn on something that's not that's that if it gets destroyed or something, or if it doesn't work out for you, at least you're learning something, and it didn't cost you that much. Yeah. So right. so right. that part is great. And uh, do you wanna do you wanna buy my Iga slider? Uh, how big? How big is the Igus slider? How? How? It's how actually, um, I think it's three and a half feet long. I think oh, it's like so four, it's, it's like forty so inches be, long. Oh, so it could be longer than mine. Yeah. Well, try, um, check it out. Check it out sometime. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Uh, it's got little. It's got a bunch of. Uh, 
here I am. I'm actually selling Rodney my DIY slider. Right, and it better on be the, at a, on the it, show. It 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 better be a good price, uh, uh, and we will negotiate that uh, <laughs> offline. Uh, but uh, yes, that is something that I would certainly consider because heaven knows that uh, I need two sliders in my life. Uh, you need well, everybody needs two, right? Exactly. At least two. That's exactly correct. At least That's, two. Well, actually, and I'll throw in the case, and I'll let me tell you about the case. Now, if anybody has made one of these sliders, you can get a really inexpensive case for it, and you basically you go to Home Depot or or one of these uh, construction stores and buy a case for a large wooden level, and oh. they're padded. They're long enough. They've actually got little pockets and stuff for extra you know, nails or things like that <laughs> that you might need, that a contractor might need. And they fit the slider great, and they look good. You know, they might say something like Stanley on the outside, but... That's okay. You can put some duct tape over that for your clients. Put right. That, put Kessler or, you know... Or personalize it with their names. <laughs> yes. So My favorite. See, see how much I care about you guys as clients. Acme. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this is just a hint for people that are making their own uh, sliders. You might be able to get them to fit into this um, DIY carpenter's level case. That's uh, very good. Uh, that That's actually very interesting for me because the way I transport my slider right now <laughs> is uh, I pretty much, I, I think I pretty much put it in a backpack and hopefully when I turn my entire body left or right very quickly, hopefully I injure somebody. <laughs> Uh, by the momentum of the swinging of this uh, slider, and I might be clubbing <laughs> someone into uh, submission. Uh, I think so, I probably, I think I've hit a few things with my sliders before. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're not thinking of it. You bend over to pick something up. It falls out the back of the backpack over your head and all yeah. this kind of thing. And so. that's not unprofessional at all. Don't, no. Don't worry about that. No, it's not, especially <laughs> when I'm lens changing uh, during the ceremony of a wedding. That's the that's that's my favorite thing that I do. That's always the best. So. Uh, uh, well, that's great. Well, you know, that's... Uh, uh, did you have any other DIY things you want to mention or you want to wrap up the segment here? <laughs> I think we should... I think I have a ton of other stuff that I could talk about for some funny stories and some interesting things um but i think maybe we'll wrap it up for this episode and then we can continue talking about diy well in, in the next it, episode and, and you know what keith like we had talked about offline before this is uh you know the the, the whole tech move is pretty much a, a big diy right uh, it's especially for me because i refuse to <laughs> spend any money on anything and you uh you know uh pretty much by sight unseen <laughs> Uh, items uh, at will. Uh, you know, we're always touching on DIY things, so so I think this is good. You know, it's 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 a uh, fluid subject, as they say in the profession, uh-huh. and I think it's something that we can uh, revisit in uh, in many many more episodes to come. So, anyway, uh, thank you for sharing, uh, Keith. That's a that was quite fun to to, to share our experiences and to. Uh, hear what you know what what you're doing with stuff and uh we'll uh i, I sent keith a link to uh my original steadicam 
and I and uh, I'll, I'll give my man uh, some uh, uh, some props there, and uh, maybe we'll post that to the website or something like that, and all this kind of stuff. Arnell, so you're a saint, right? Not only Arnell, no, I'm talking about Mr. Lee. Oh, too. Mr. Lee, right? Mr. Lee and my uh, original Steadicam. So I sent you that uh, uh, that link that you could look at it. And uh, we'll we'll post that up on the website. Uh, okay, uh, Keith, uh, let's take a break. I'm going to go get a drink of water or something like that. And uh, we will come back with more. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming up right here on Tech Move. I love those DIY segments. You know, when we talk about some of the old stuff that I've done and what you've done, it's very, very exciting. Even though we recorded that, Keith, quite a while ago, uh, you know, the thing I'm uh, I'm somewhat ashamed to say, but not really, is that I'm still using all that stuff right now. From Mr. Lee to the slider to the jib. You're all actually using things. Mr. Lee's? I do kind of use it. Yeah, You know really? why? Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, you may remember that I purchased a actual uh, uh, pro, semi-pro, right? The, that that cheap uh, Steadicam thing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the op- Optica. I didn't want to use names. But- oh, sorry. <laughs> We already talked. We already trashed the. I know we did a couple episodes ago. I I know we did. I know we did. But I I wanted to to let those scars heal a little bit. But anyway, uh, you know what? I think my Mister Lee thing works just as good. (laughs) Which is kind of the sad state of affairs. My Mister Lee thing works just as good. Yeah, and it's probably much more useful as a self defense device. Well, well. it is a self defense device, (laughs) and also, uh, you know, when uh, when I'm out on locations shooting outdoors, it holds everything down as a weight perfectly. (laughs) I tie I tie everything that I need to to my Mister Lee Steadicam. Mister Lee Steadicam and anchor and anchor, and I will tell you that my biceps are now twenty (laughs) two inches. In diameter, because I've been noticing that, yeah, because I have <laughs> been, you know, using it and lifting that uh, quite a bit. So I am quite the uh, the humongous uh, person that I am. I was I was uh, thinking about that Iga slider that's been collecting dust in in its little Stanley level case, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Are you still interested in that? I am still interested, but uh, okay. but but the price has got to be right, though, because you know, yeah. re- remember the whole thing about the DIY is that you're trying to save as much money as you can. Right. So my right. price point, I'd like to make you an <laughs> offer right now, Keith. Okay. I'd like okay. to make I'm you ready. an offer. Any any reasonable offer will not be refused. I would like to be able to offer my friendship for life <laughs> as payment for your Igus slider. Sold. <laughs> That is the the most generous offer I've ever received. What could it be more important than my <laughs> friendship for life? Really? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know what? And you know what's going to be even more fantastic when I ask you to ship it to my house uh, on your dime. <laughs> with a little, a little extra shipping. With, with a little extra. Ground. I'd like insurance, please. I'd insurance? like insurance okay. to go with it. I'll just put some stamps on top of, on, on the outside of the cute little Stanley level case. <laughs> But, you know, you're right, though, as far as like uh, all, all the DIY stuff, when we had talked kind of off air about it, I, I think that for you right now, you're just kind of doing your DIY projects are essentially uh, enhancing what somebody else has, has already done. In, in, in other words, like uh, what, adding a little feature that maybe they did not. Yeah, adding little attachments, putting like one of the things I'm doing lately is there's this type of clamp new it's a kind of an kind of a new clamp in a way new for cinematography it's called a nato rail or a swat rail that not, sounds <laughs> nato to me you know what's interesting is it actually is derived from from uh from uh, firearms there are these rails that that they used to mount like scopes and things too so they could move the scopes back and forth and they could clamp on really well oh okay you know into like rifles mm -hmm. and i guess somehow somebody had a great idea to use them for camera gear because they're really secure like they're they're like rails with a little beveled edge and then the clamp goes on top of it and when you clamp it on it just does not move it's just but it's not like a round rod where it could potentially move around a little bit it's just there but you can slide it back and forth a little bit so anyway they're like these one inch wide rails and they sell them in all different lengths and and there you can get them you can get the expensive versions from the from the name brand companies or you can get the less expensive chinese versions and uh, i've been getting some of the both both sides. I got some from Zakudo, Zakudo, yeah. and yep. I got some from Cool LCD or Small Rig. They're the same company, and uh, those are from from China actually, and they're actually really well made. Um, and they're and pretty they, good too. Yeah, they're really good. So the Zakudo, you know, remember I told you about the Axis that I bought and hardly ever use. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> uh, well the the ends the ends of it are NATO clamps. So just imagine these kind of jaws that can clamp onto like a one inch wide rail. And then you put the rail part onto your camera or whatever, wherever you want to clamp this thing to. And so I've been, for example, on my C100, I put a little, like, one and a half inch uh, NATO rail on the top handle. And then I can actually clamp my new Atomus uh, Ninja Star mm -hmm. to that. And I can swing it in and out um, with a little another little uh, kind of rotating clamp thing I got. Uh, from from small rig so it's pretty cool that's very nice yeah so that's an example you know yeah. it's like it's more just like adding little extra things to make your camcorder a little bit more useful that sounds awesome yeah yeah that's great that's yeah. very yeah well y you know the diy is still a very uh, uh close thing to my heart i love it uh, and I hope to do, uh, you know, more projects in the future of which I will share with our, uh, listening audience. You, you slash Arnell. <laughs> right. Exactly. Actually, I, Arnell I, I, in parentheses. That that's correct. <laughs> uh, uh, in, uh, in about like eight point font, whereas I am in 12. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, you know what though? I think it's something we want to touch on though is, um, not only is the great DIY stuff, but what kind of things that you will see at the 2015 NAB show that you will tell me about in the future that I will <laughs> DIY myself at very poor quality, uh, uh, mind you. Uh, I think we want to touch on that because oh, yeah. there, there have been some very, 
very exciting last minute announcements leading up to the show. Yeah, it's it's actually amazing. So a couple of days ago, we recorded to the intro to this show. Yes. Um, the long intro. And in the intro, we talked a lot about what was possibly going to be announced at this 2015 NAB show. That's right. And I talked a whole bunch about some Canon stuff, like the can- a new version of the Canon C300, the C300 Mark II, and I speculated what it might have. And Well, and- let, me, let me stop you there, <laughs> because I want to refresh our listening audience. Well, actually not really refresh them, because I'm sure you'll do that yourself. <laughs> but I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to congratulate you, because I will now be calling you Nostradamus Moreau. <laughs> And uh, and thank you very much for foreseeing the future in your crystal ball, <laughs> because you were absolutely correct about Canon's announcement about their latest camera. Keith, you have the floor. I have the floor. So I thought that there was going to be a C300 Mark II actually announced at the show, but right. it turns out they announced it the week before the show. And the reason th- is because week. they wanted you to get all hot and bothered leading up to that point so that you would come down there and and just be frothing at the mouth when you see it. Yes, frothing, frothing. (laughs) The only problem is they'll be made out of styrofoam when they get, because they're not ready yet. Yeah, I don't know if if they're going to have a prototype there or they're going to let people touch it or or anything, but I'm going to try to get a a little um, hands-on with it if possible. Maybe I'll I'll bring a little uh, TechMove SD card to shove in there and see how it... How it reacts. Well, the, run, away, the, run away. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like government secrets. Just take the pictures with your coat pocket uh, button camera that you have <laughs> stealthily put on you. You know. Yeah. So, so the so the C three hundred Mark II is pretty much what I said. The only the only thing that was a little that I didn't really know about was the codec that that it's going to be using. And I guess they have a new um, Canon codec for four K. Which is pretty cool. You know, Sony has their XAVC, I think it's called, um, which does 4K really well. Um, turns out that Canon has a new codec as well. And I'm trying to find out what it's I think it's, it's called. called UHD. Is it UHD? I think it's 4K UHD. Well, UHD is kind of more like the resolution. Oh, is it the 4K DCI? <sighs> let me see. Let me see, what, let me see if I can do a little search for the codec, because I actually saw it in an article today. I'm going to lay money down and say that you're talking about the 4K DCI. No, that's not it. Really? It's <laughs> Oh, it's the uh Would you, you say, say it. I know I see it here. It's the XF-AVC. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. XF-AVC. And and it looks like it supports up to what is that number? 410 megabits. Yeah, it it goes pretty high. So you, yeah, so that's actually it sounds like a pretty robust codec. I'd say. Yeah, and that's great. It's great they've been been working on that because actually, honestly, their their 4K stuff has not had the best codecs. It's just too. It was just too unwieldy before. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Canon uh, 1DC. I think it was just a bunch of JPEGs strung together, and Ooh, and okay. um, and then the uh, the C500. You could only record it externally, and with, a, with some type of other recorder. So, yeah, so they really, I think they actually almost had a home run with this. Um, the fact they have this internal codec and it's going to CFast two cards. So CFast is a card that, that's about the same size as a compact flash card. 
Um, but it's actually totally different in, in the pinout and everything. You can't put a, you couldn't, you know, buy a compact flashcard, even a fast one, and it wouldn't fit into a CFAST slot. Oh, okay. Look, so it's complete. It's completely different. Yeah, totally mm -hmm. different. But mm -hmm. they're fast. They got really fast memory in them, and they're kind of like little SSDs, basically, um, like really mini SSDs. Um, unfortunately, they're kind of expensive. So, how, how, how much? How much space do they store? Well, I think they can go pretty high. Um, but then the, the, I don't know the exact prices, but I have a CFast, uh, the lower end CFast cards for my Ninja Star, and those are the the bargain basement Chinese CFast one cards. And those were like a hundred dollars for sixty-four gigabytes or something. Oh wow! And that was a pretty good deal. Uh -huh. I think for the CFast two, they're like three hundred or two hundred, two or three hundred for the same. Wow! And when you're using, when you're recording at a really high bit rate, th those things get used up pretty quick. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what what is the biggest size for these cards that they have? Um, it's like one twenty-eight. I, I don't know actually how big they get. I can do a little search here. Let me just see. One, oh, I'm sorry, about 120. Oh, no, I see one here. Oh, holy mackerel, I see a 256 gigabyte CFast 2.0 card from Lexar. Yeah. 256 gigs, that's pretty yeah, big. And it's, and it's only $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. They're expensive. Wow. I, I I would assume you could probably get a better deal than that. But you probably need that if you're if you're just recording with this thing, though. If you're recording with the C three hundred Mark II, you probably need something pretty close to that. You probably need a couple of those wow. just to get get through a day. <laughs> Gee whiz! Yeah. Wow. So, uh, but you know that's the way it is. Hey, uh, Keith, this is doing uh, in camera four K recording, correct? Correct. That's yeah. It has two CFast slots in the camera. Um, it's also got a bunch of SDI outputs for external recording, which is actually kind of cool. Like if I got this, I could use this if I wanted to record raw, record raw on my um, Odyssey. I have the Odyssey 7Q. I right. actually have a couple of them, and uh, I could record directly from that camera onto this Odyssey and get even higher quality 4K if I wanted. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, You're very excited about this announcement. I'm kind of. I'm. I wish it was more like ten thousand. I'm kind of sad that it's sixteen, fifteen or sixteen thousand. Yeah. Um, I guess I saw it on B and H. You could pre-order it for sixteen. Yeah. Um, I don't. That's a quite a bit of money. You know, that's that would that would be about the most I paid for a camcorder. Uh, Ten grand would have been a price point that you think everyone and their grandmother probably would have bought. That would have been a no-brainer. Really? Would have been like, yeah, just I'm going to give you money now. Right. But <laughs> but you know that's that's what Canon does. Yeah. They don't they don't they don't give you bargains. Right. They they the give premium. you something you have Yeah. They give you something you have to think about. Like okay, I guess I have to do it. It's not like, yeah, I'm going to give you my money, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's almost like oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to mortgage the house. Okay, I'm going to give you my money. But because we're so great, <laughs> we'll just give you the ability to give us money. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. But you know, I don't know. It's it looks like a pretty cool pretty cool camera. I'm it pretty much has everything that I would want in a 4K camera. And and the ergonomics. I for I don't know if a lot of people don't necessarily like the ergonomics of the C series. Yes. Um but I actually really like the ergonomics. I think it's a very compact design. It doesn't take up much space. It's really easy to get close to you. So you don't have that much of a presence, you know, in a room. You know, it's kind of part of your body. Um whereas I find that the bigger camcorders 
they kind of tend to, you're like, you're the cameraman. You're definitely, you know, a cameraman in this situation. Right. And they're kind of, you know, you have to shoulder mount them and, and it's just, everything's bigger. Um, so I, I, I kind of like this form factor. I, I, I like the fact that it looks like old style film, uh, <laughs> movie camera type. Yeah. Of. Like a, like a Hasselblad or, yeah, or something. Exactly. Like yeah. It, it, I, I, I like it. I, I yeah. think, I think it looks really neat and, you know, uh, yeah. I, I remember, uh, handling yours and, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it felt, felt good. It wasn't overly heavy. Yeah. I think this one might be about a pound heavier than the previous C300. So I'm okay. going to, if I go to, when I go to NAB and if they actually allow me to hold it, I'm going to just judge it that way. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, and I think that the, the viewfinder is a little, is slightly awkward. Um, not the viewfinder, but the LCD screen. So in the C300, the LCD screen's on the back. So it all kind of fits in pretty compactly. Right. But in the C300, the LCD screen is on this kind of extra pod that goes on top. And it makes everything really tall. Like everything's up high. Mm. So that's a little strange. And I think there's mounts like Zakuto sells some different things where you can rearrange where you put that because it's all connected by cables. And so I guess if I got one, I would probably, I might change the position of that. It looks great. I mean, it, you know, it sounds really exciting. I mean, look at this thing. I mean, this thing is a monster. Yeah. The C300 Mark II. Yeah, and it's got 10 or 12-bit output if you want. It's got 10-bit 10 10 422 internal recording, which gives you a lot of um, potential dynamic range. And when, look, you're gra- when you're grading, it gives you a lot of flexibility. How, over eight, how about this? How about this uh, ISO range? Yeah, the ISO range is amazing. Fifteen and and yeah, it's it's can it's one of those see in the dark cameras. Probably not as good as the A7S, but but you know good enough. Um, and uh, you got fifteen stops of dynamic range, um, which is amazing. That's like Alexa level recording. So it looks it looks like except for the that five thousand dollars extra, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's 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 almost a no brainer. I'm gonna definitely think about this. It's not gonna be out until September. Right, so, so, you, so you, have, to, you have a you have enough time to save your pennies together. Yeah, and, and I think I could sell my car in that time. What do you think? <laughs> Three or four months? Get another third mortgage on the house or something like <laughs> something that. something like Fine. yeah. There you go. Right, just a third mortgage. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, yeah. y- y- you know, uh, not only uh, did that w- was that announced, but also the I guess the smaller XC10 was announced too. Another Can- Canon 4K thing. Uh, which yeah. is a little bit odder. I guess it's really geared towards uh, consumers and rather than pros. Yeah, I I don't know what this um, XC10 thing is about. Uh, you know, I was looking at it and I kind of liked it. You know, because of uh, you know because you know it's it's 4K and stuff. But you know what? I, I'll, I'll tell you. For for me, I I, I just think the the GH4 would probably do you know as good of a job as this yeah i just don't i don't know i mean it looks kind of it looks kind of like an odd thing yeah yeah it looks odd to me it it kind of feels like one of your you you know little point and shoot type of uh type of cameras uh uh, that canna put out with just the the, you know the 4k thing Mm -hmm. uh you know uh on it but it it's weird because it seems to be a fixed lens. It's a fixed lens. So, so here's the thing. Here's where I here's where I think this is competing. So I was, 
I was considering getting another 4K camcorder, you know, just a simple one that I could just easily sure. take around. And and there's a there's a Sony uh, 4K camcorder. I think it's called the. Let me see if I can find it. I'm just gonna let's pause for a second and look. Okay, I think it's. Is it the AX? I think it's the AX100. It's the Sony FDR-AX100. That sounds familiar. Yeah, and that's going for about 17 uh, at the street price. I think it's like two list. Yeah. So if you look at that, that was the one that I actually was considered getting, and I still might. It's 17 is a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing that's pretty small. It's got a fixed lens. You know, you can't change the lens. Right. And it's it's only got a one-inch sensor, like the like the Canon. Um, but it does 4K. Um, and it's got, you know, steady shot and a bunch of other stuff in it. You know, it's like a, it's kind of like a replacement for my CX 760. Yes. That I got a few years ago. Yes. It's about, it's a little bit bigger, slightly bigger, but it's 4k. So this is the kind of, I was thinking of just getting this, you know, like, okay, I need a smaller 4k camera. That's not quite as, um, that's just a little bit more handy than the GH4. You know, so, so 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 you're saying that this AX100 is more of your 4K point and shoot, whereas your GH4, even though it's a fine thing, requires a little bit of setup there. I think it requires a little more attention to mm-hmm. to just it's just hard, it's not as easy to just set it on something and ha- turn it on. Okay, um, it's just the form factor and other issues. I mean. Whereas this this um, Sony, it's just this this uh, all in one thing. You don't have to change the lens. You don't have to worry about changing the lenses. You just it's pretty small. It's compact. You can just hold it in your hand. You can flip the LCD up and down wherever you want uh, to for whatever view. If you want to just do a low shot, just flip it up. Um, it does high speed recording. You know, a bunch of kind of cool features. Um, it's the set it and forget it camera. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of like that extra camera that you just your B cam that you just set for the wide shot, right? And then if you have a some type of error in your main camera, it's 4K, so you can zoom in, crop in, and maybe recover from that. And, and, and using a GH4 is not interesting to you to do to do that. I do that. I do that all the time. Yeah. I was just thinking. There's also other limitations. For example, in the GH4, and this happens to me all the time. It has a 30 minute record limit. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Oh, they still yeah. do that. Yeah. There, there hasn't been a hack to be able to to get rid of that yet. Um, I don't know of a hack. Maybe there is, but I haven't used it. Okay. Yeah, I haven't done any hacking since the GH thirteen days. Right. But uh, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, and it, but Which I live for. <laughs> yeah, it just and so you know you you set it and you do this long interview and then the thirty minute thing and, and it's over and you always have to give your attention to this thing right and you forget you know? and then yeah. you, you you've missed about like ten minutes of the interview and stuff exactly like that. and this this happens like 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 clockwork every yeah. single interview I do I've had that GH four set up like that and yeah I'm depending on it for the wide shot and then I miss it you know and then I have to remember and go over and click it and I'm distracted. It would be nice to not have to do that. Right. Yeah. So something like this uh, Sony might, I'm thinking, if it's if it has good quality, might be something that I might be interested in. So, but I'm thinking that the Sony, just like the, is, is a lot like this XC10. So the AX100 and the XC10 are kind of in the same market. Uh-huh. They're, they're kind of going after the same thing. One's just a Canon and one's a Sony. But if you look at the specs, they're actually really close. Yeah, like it's it's a one inch sensor, 
It's ultra four, ultra HD 4K. It's um, H.264 recording. It does it has a pretty high bitrate codec, so it's it's pretty similar. You know, it, it's a f 2.8 f 5.6. Um, it's got a pretty high ISO range. It probably has better. I would say it has better ISO than that Sony camcorder. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it probably does. I'm not positive though. I don't know. I don't really know for sure. Uh-huh. But um, you know, so if I were to, so I was thinking, okay. 17 for this and then for the Canon is like 25. So that's that Canon, you know, premium that they yeah. always add. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the Apple premium. Right. Their stuff is always more expensive, but it's actually just works, you know, better, more more seamlessly or whatever. Maybe this Canon is like that compared to the Sony. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, now that we're talking about it, at first I looked at it and it just looked like, wow, this is like some bad badly designed smashed together camera that is definitely not going to going to compete with anything else that Canon makes because it's so different. Right. Um, and that's probably part of what, why it's this way. Yeah. You know, like the lack of, of a lack of an interchangeable lens. Right. But, uh, but you know, it does kind of fit this little market. It's like the low end. Yeah. Kind of 4k thing. Uh, I, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're the, the way this article that, that I'm looking at it, paints it it, it, it's you know somewhat attractive you know because it has the flip out screen that goes 90 degrees which is not as great as the gh4 right which is a complete you know swivel screen right um uh but you know it does have this you know very very nice um specs on it that that, yeah. is, that is pretty attractive, and it might actually have, even though it's the one-in sensor, it's kind of a small sensor, but it might actually have that Canon look, right? Exactly. That Canon look that were that elusive thing that we were talking about before. Yes. So, yeah, maybe that's maybe, something. Something yeah, to think about. Something to think about. It's not too expensive. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see if they have it. Again, I'll hold it and see what it's like. I I am just not. Uh, you know, in this day and age, right? In this day and age of mirrorless and, uh, you know, the micro four thirds, the whole thing and stuff like that, to not have an interchangeable lens for a camera this expensive is kind of odd. Yeah, I guess so. I, I to, thing- to me, it just seems a little odd, you know, for, for, you know, not to be able to put on your own glass, especially Canon as much as, as much glass as they have out there. You would think that that would be something that you could do. Yeah, I think you might be right there, but I think they were just afraid that it would cannibalize their other, like like the five D Mark Two, yeah, or Mark Mark Three, sure, or Mark Four, or whatever they're coming out with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the next five right. D is, right? Um, yeah, I, I I think you know a lot of these are marketing decisions. It's it, in fact. And both, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Sony's coming out with so many different cameras. It's almost like the engineers took over and just like killed all the marketing people at Sony, because <laughs> because they're they're releasing all these different cameras that are kind of competing with each other. It's it's almost like an uh, embarrassment of riches. Yeah, and it's too much. It's almost too much to choose from. It's it's a lot, but you know maybe they're just thinking they need to cover it. Um, but it seems like Canon maybe they have more finite resources. And they're just their marketing department's more shrewd. I mean, you gotta you gotta hand it to Ken. I mean, they've at least in the cinema line, they've done a pretty good marketing job. Yeah, I think they've gotten the most money out of those cameras they could possibly get. You know, they're, they're without not even knowing it. I mean, didn't they, they? They didn't even know it was so great, right? Before, well, that, 
the initial 5D Mark II was was an accident. Right. They had no clue. But then, <laughs> exactly. but yeah. But then the, they say, "Hey, we're we're geniuses over here." <laughs> but then, but then the C three hundred, the original one that came out three years ago, that was actually planned. Yeah. And they planned that, and and it, the specs weren't that great. You know, people were going, "What? It's just HD? It doesn't even have high, really very high speed. Um, it doesn't have." a lot of things it doesn't have a 10-bit recording it had an 8-bit codec and 8-bit recording and yet they sold a ton like it's still the main like one of the main cameras out there that right. in that even though it was fifteen thousand dollars for a long time mm-hmm. so it seems like their marketing department's pretty shrewd about yep. placing things yep. yep you know yep 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 no that hey uh, now they know what they're doing you know they almost missed the boat right before they're they're not going to let that slip out again so i guess we'll see i guess i guess we'll see how many people get the fs7 compared to the c300 because that's they're definitely they're directly competing against each other like the fs7 which is like eight eight thousand dollars is competing directly against the c300 mark ii right and that'll be interesting that will that that war will be uh will start very shortly here i guess uh in september we'll see it'll, that yeah, it'll start, as, and then in the meantime, maybe Sony will re- release something else. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, but still, it's 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 an interesting thing. But um, I was thinking maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the other things that we might see at NAB because there's been a couple other announcements. Go ahead and uh, break the news to us about a couple other <clears throat> things you've heard of. I just heard about the new Phantom Three, which mm-hmm. is the DJI the the uh, quadcopter. Oh, that's the new uh, uh, drone that yep. that they're putting out. Is that correct? Yep. I just I just uh, heard that it was announced today, and I guess it's going to be available pretty soon. And it looks pretty cool. I mean, I saw their demo uh, demo reel of it, and the images are amazing. It's actually got a built-in. Looks like it's got a built-in 4K cam camera in it, video camera. I'm looking yeah. at the pictures. It looks very cool. It's very sleek and stuff like that. Although I, yeah. I, I will, when you buy one, Keith, I challenge you to keep it that white. <laughs> I, I don't think that'll happen. That white or even, you know, intact. <laughs> because, you know, and, and also we were, talk, we were talking a little bit before the show about um, the volcano shots and all these dangerous shots that they, they show in this this demo reel and... You were talking about flying it into the volcano. I, I, I would, I would totally lose control of the thing. <laughs> you know, I'd fly it too close. The, 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 the propellers would melt, and uh, <laughs> and it would just drop into the lava, and I'd just watch it melt away like it was the Terminator at the end of what was that Terminator One or Two? Yeah, uh, I, I would just watch it go. The little red eye just starts to dim. <laughs> I. You know, I think that's probably happened to a lot of these cameras. Oh, and, I'm sure. And pursuing these these amazing shots. Yeah. I mean, I know some people that that they bought you know like two or three of these the early Phantoms, and they just lost them. They like flew away. <laughs> they had to actually buy like four or five for their shoot, and they they lost four out of the five by the end. I mean, it, it must great make a great Christmas gift for some kid, like you know, a couple hundred miles away or something. Oh, look at what I found. <laughs> Yeah, or the or the or the Christmas gift for the kid that actually lost it. Right. 
<laughs> that <would> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I actually remember things like that, that happening to me. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you know, Keith, I know that you have, I know you have a, um, do you have the original Phantom? I actually got, I got the original Phantom when I was really excited about it because I always wanted to have that kind of amazing jib type shots and yeah, aerial and it, shots. And it looks great. Now, uh, have you tried it? And it's still in the box. Congratulations. <laughs> That's why I got all these extra accessories for it and, and everything. And, uh, nope. Yeah. I'm actually kind of, I'm the thing is there's all this legal stuff, right. In dealing with these. And this is a pretty important issue. You know I mean? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Explain this to me. Okay. So first of all, you're not, unless you're an amateur and you're not making money at this, doing these these videos or photography aerial photography you can't actually fly these oh is that so right yeah so if you're getting paid to, to to fly these you have to be a licensed you have to have a certain license like you have to be a commercial pilot well that's you know, what i was gonna want that's what i was wondering yeah so and i think if you're an amateur like i could use it under an amateur guys right so i could just have it do it for fun and um and that's fine and, and i probably i might actually just since this thing's so old and and you know it's probably not worth anything i probably should just take it out and crash it but because uh, <laughs> that's what's going to happen but uh you know and i got all these like safety things because it's dangerous yes you know, you're you're around people and you could fly into people and cut them uh, absolutely you know? yeah or you could have this five th- five pound thing drop on somebody uh, you absolutely know? You, you, you know you fly it too far out of range and it and it goes down or something yeah or you just you're flying it, it goes out of control and runs into an airplane. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. So there, these things are not. I mean, I'm just kind of amazed that there hasn't been some type of calamity associated with these, you know. And and I I'm very, I mean, I don't I don't I don't hope there is one, but I would be surprised if there isn't one at some point because there's so many of them out there now. Yeah. And um, you know, I know that some strange person was arrested flying at 2 a.m. or something at the White House. Oh, that's right. Lawn. I did. I did hear about that. That's yeah. right. And I was, yeah. And I was afraid that was just going to totally ruin and shut down the whole industry, you know, but it didn't really make that much difference. But you know, these, they're not, they're, they're potentially dangerous things. And I, I want to be in a really controlled situation when I use, and I just haven't had the time to just, you know, do this. Right. So, um, so I, but I probably will just take it out, especially since it's like three years old now and worthless <laughs> and, uh, you know, see if I can actually fly one well and, and, you know and, and certainly since the, the you know phantom 3 is coming out you know that's probably something that's a little bit more you know uh what you would want it's 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 the and it's on it's not that expensive it's yeah. like 12 or 1300 bucks that's a pretty good deal yeah with including i think it's including the camcorder it, i think it inclu- includes the camera too yeah. yeah yeah i think you can get a an hd version or a 4k version of course i'd get the 4k version right but um it looks it looks really it looks really really cool. Of course, I get the blade guards. You know, they sell these little at- extra attachments to that encircle the blades, mm-hmm. so that if it does hit somebody, it's not going to slice them. Oh, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, it looks pretty good. So this this may be in my future, and this actually might might kick me over the edge. Hey, what 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 is the range for for a controller and the drone as far as how far away can they be from one another before you actually lose control of the thing? Uh, pretty honestly, far? I honestly, I don't really know. I, th- I think, I think you can't, you shouldn't really fly it beyond when you can actually visually see it. Oh, so okay. maybe like, like, like a mile maybe, okay. All right. but I don't know exact, the exact range. Yeah. I do know that, that there are programmed, especially this one, 
I don't, I don't know about mine. I think mine's programmed like when it gets lost, it just fly away. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think these are actually programmed when they get lost. Like if they can't get the homing signal from the controller, uh, it will actually fly home. Oh, so there's a lot of safety features to okay. make sure you don't lose them. I think they've gotten better at that over the years. Oh, that, but uh, yeah, I think at NAB they're actually having a whole like auditorium dedicated to these things. <laughs> that'll be great if the calamity yeah. starts there, right? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, right. All you guys watching, and it was a full like right away like it was Hitchcock the Birds or something. <laughs> Tech Move Broadcaster slain <laughs> by DJI Phantom Three. <laughs> That's right. It was horrible. That would be bad. That would be bad. Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> well, that sounds. Uh, I, it does sound neat, and, and and I can't wait to take a look at their some of their test footage and stuff like that. I'm sure it just looks fantastic. And yeah, look stuff at look like at that. the video and look at it on a on a 4K on YouTube. You can actually play back 4K. Oh, okay. So it's actually amazing. Oh, it great! Really, really good. Okay, I will. Yeah. I will do that. I will do yeah. that. Uh. I think there's another thing that you're looking forward to, and it's uh, from a company called Small HD. Yep, Small HD. I actually have um, one of their monitors, the DP6. I don't think they make it anymore, but it's an awesome little monitor. It's my first real high-quality monitor and um, that I would use and put it on on top of the camcorder or to the side or on a little stand, but it's, it's, a, it's a nice one. It's really solid. They came out with another little monitor called the 502, which is kind of iphone sized if you look at it, it almost looks like an iphone i i see it i i thought it was an iphone that would that <laughs> just had a an app on it or something like that yeah but it makes kind of makes some sense because iphones are using the same kind of screens and yeah. you know they have that technology that volume of that type of screen is being produced so i i would it make sense that they can make really high quality small screens like this now so that looks pretty cool and i i wasn't really con- necessarily considering getting that on its own but then they just announced the thing called the Sidefinder, and that looks really cool, and it looks totally revolutionary. Like, nobody ever thought about mounting a uh, a viewfinder this way. And yeah, it must it, have a little... It, it, look, it, looks, it looks awesome. I mean, you know what it looks like? It looks like our old boxy camcorder. Like, <laughs> you, you know, the, 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 the way it just looks from the side. Yeah. It looks yeah. like an old boxy camcorder. But it's probably just the 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 thickness of a of a of a iPhone or something. Yeah, it's got it's basically it's this eyepiece that fits at right angles to the screen of the of the iPhone like monitor thing, and um, and instead of uh, heading straight on, which makes the thing kind of huge, it's actually angled ninety degrees, so it's actually pretty small. Yeah, and and at the same time, you can get a, it looks like a pretty nice, very sharp view from this thing so i'm i'm actually really excited about it. and if if it actually looks good i'm definitely gonna get one of these so, so does this mean that you have to have uh the side finder along with that 502 on camera monitor that's yep. the way it works right you, you you use the two together yep yep they're definitely meant to to be used together you can get you can use the 502 hd monitor on its own if you just want a smallish iphone sized monitor but I think the real value is in using it with the Sidefinder. Yeah. I think like like I probably wouldn't get the five oh two on its own, but I'm gonna get the five oh two and the Sidefinder when they come out. Yeah. Pretty sure I'm gonna get them. Because I was actually considering getting the Zakudo um they have a thing called a Gratical and it's it looks amazing. You know, they spend a lot of time researching it. And uh but it's like three over three thousand dollars. 
You know, that's a lot. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's probably better than any other uh, electronic viewfinder that's ever been made in the history of the world. You know, and it's probably worth way more than $3,000 because I know that other companies, you know, like Red and Sony make viewfinders and they cost like $5,000. So it's probably a bargain. But I have a feeling that the Sidefinder is just going to just going to jump over that. And for maybe a thousand dollars, I don't know exactly. It's gonna maybe rival the quality of that the gradical. We'll see. This thing looks great. It really yeah. looks neat. Well, yeah. they they are definitely going to be at uh, NAB. So yeah. uh, so you have to take a look at that and report back to all of us. Uh, yep, I'm gonna and, check uh, that out. See what see what else. Any uh, any other things that uh, that kind of stand out that you're looking forward to at NAB, which I am. Uh, uh, very glad that Tech Move will be represented there. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be able to join you, Keith. Oh, you, you can't make it? No, unfortunately, I cannot. <sighs> and uh, that's, uh, I, I think uh, it is uh, for reasons that I wish not to say, uh, but I won't be able to make my uh, guest appearance at this year's NAB. So you'll is have that- to. Hmm? Is it that interstate limit thing? That yes, the officers it, it, enforced? It's, it's it's not only right. It's it, okay. it, I just can't. Uh, you know, they don't want me traveling interstate. So beyond uh, California, that's okay, I got right. it. That's got right. It. That's yeah. right. My uh, my Sorry ankle, my ankle. Uh, the monitor ankle monitor goes will, off. It's kind of yes, noisy and distracting. It will not allow to, me to to do that. Hard to you? shoot a wedding video with that ankle <laughs> monitor going off. It is. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> uh, and, but and, uh, and carrying Mr. Lee's stabilizer m- at the same m- time. Well, you know, I, th- I think that. Well, th- that's how I got in the trouble in the first place, swinging <laughs> okay. Mr. Lee's uh, Steadicam thing around. You know, I knocked a kid on his uh, in his head. Poor kid. Darn. Anyway, uh, any, anything you anything it, you want me to ask the folks there on your behalf? Well, yes, I'd I'd, I'd like you to ask them if they know who I am. And okay. uh, and to donate to my college fund. So, <laughs> I'm going to go up and ask for the plans. <laughs> that, that, so that's that right. Arnell can build it. That's uh, right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Oh, that's right. I, I had mentioned that to you before. That uh, w- w- when you go there, uh, you know, and you and you see some very cool new uh, pieces of hardware there, and and when I mean hardware, I mean things like you know the sliders or anything that I could DIY. Ask them for their very uh, classified uh, blueprints, and I'll be that. happy to uh, make my own <laughs> and and, I will and copy that. and fringe them uh, as soon as I possibly can. <laughs> well, uh, Keith, have a fantastic time. Thanks, Rob. Uh, I, I think uh, it's going to be really, really exciting, and I'm hoping that you'll be able to uh, bring back uh, some uh, sound bites and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to I was thinking about bringing an iPad to oh. do the to do the video. Right. Okay. And and um and then maybe have a mic but that with a cable and then leading into the iPad's audio. Something like that. I should have just lent you my great Tascam iPhone um uh, microphone which would, Oh yeah, which those would are cool. Worked, which would have worked. That would have worked great. Through. Although um you know, you I got this... a, you would have gotten a lot of like ambient noise and stuff like that, but it would still been great. Yeah, but you know what I got? I got um, something from Rode recently because they have because they sell the Rode makes a mic like that too, right? Right. That goes. It's supposed to plug right into the iPhone. Okay. And it's, but they actually sell an adapter that goes into the iPhone as well. 
so it's an adapter and then it terminates in just a standard eighth inch or something oh okay yeah so i was thinking of just taking an xlr and then getting i have xlr to small connectors so i plug the that adapter into the end of the xlr and then plug that into this road adapter thing that i have oh cool yeah i think that might work I think it'd be very simple. You know, I just I don't want to bring a lot of gear and and stuff there. I just right. I want to travel really light. Right. And the iPad's kind of cool because you get this huge viewfinder. Right. It looks really stupid. Yes. <laughs> I I always can't stand people when they take photographs or video yeah. with their it looks like iPads. you're a geek. Uh, you're yeah. blocking your whole view with this thing. Right. And, it's just yeah. silly. Yeah. So it's yeah, silly. We're going to be doing that. Good. Excellent. Good. So <laughs> so, uh, tech moves uh, reputation won't be marred at all. It'll not just not really. It won't be altered at all. <laughs> Still have the same reputation. It'll just be the same reputation. Good. <laughs> Excellent. That's fantastic. Well, Keith, have a very very safe trip. Uh, uh, send us uh, a, a lot of updates if you can. I will. I might try to actually uh, start a little Twitter feed. Let's oh, see. yeah, great. And I might use I might use some of that video Twitter video thing that they do. Right, that new stuff that they've got going on now. Yeah, I might try it. We'll see. All right. Well, yeah. uh, uh, keep us posted. Keep us aware of that kind of thing. I will. Uh, and uh, so, ha- uh, happy travels to you. Safe travels. And uh, we want to thank uh, all you folks out there for listening to us uh, again and uh, making this episode uh, possible and being very patient with us as we get it all together. Uh, We want to thank you very much for for doing that. Uh, But until then, our next episode, I have been Rod Louie, and over there has been Keith Moreau. And we want to thank you very much for again joining us here on this episode of Tech Move. <laughs>